to another episode of A Pastor and His People. Uh, as we talk about the sermon text from this previous Sunday, I'm Pastor Dave Keen. I'm with my good friend and brother, John Whitaker. Good morning, John. Good morning. Um, John, do you like coffee? Yes. Good. Just want to make sure you ask that. John was so kind today. He brought me coffee, right? I mean, that great. What, what, a, what a great dude. Um, well, we are... Uh, no, please. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we are in uh, First John. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about First John, but this one might be a little bit different. We might just ask questions about, um, you know, life in coronavirus and what's best for our church, kind of more of an application there. So uh, let me just kind of read the text and we'll just kind of uh, I'll read the entire text and we'll ask a couple of questions and then we'll kind of see how this goes. All right. First uh, John 4, beginning to verse 13. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us the Spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe that the love that God has for us, God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence on the day of judgment. Because as he is, we are so also we are in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. Whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has, has seen cannot love, his, love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the title of your sermon was Know and Abide? Know and Abide, yes. Is there any reason for that? I mean, well, you didn't really say the word know or abide the whole sermon. Yeah. It was subtle. Well, I think, you know, you begin with the text, this idea of abiding, right? So by this we know we abide in him. And of course, abiding is kind of weaving woven all the way through the text, really all the way through First John. Mm-hmm. And I think this idea of knowing God, so mm-hmm. we have to know God, meaning we have to be been, been born of him, we have eternal life, and then we have to remain with him. So really the essence of the Christian life is yeah. to know him and then stay with him. So you would say to know is not necessarily a knowledge here. He don't think he's referring to just knowing about God, like kind of like James says the demons kind of know. No, no, I, th- I think knowing here is more in a intimate knowing you okay. have been born of God, you are of God. So I mean all throughout this letter... Okay. Are you of the devil? Are you of God? Right. right. Have you, if you have been born again, you will look this way. Um, so that's the idea. I was and, and then abiding would just keeping that knowing, keeping that knowing. And you know, we've said mm-hmm. that before. I mean, I've quoted five a bunch of times. The hardest thing before Christ is winning the heart to Christ. Afterward, is keeping your heart in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really the, the whole goal of the Christian life. So right. you know that you belong to Him, and you're safe in the day of judgment if you know God. And you abide in him. Right. That means, well, how do you know God? Well, you keep his commandments. Yeah. You love the body of Christ. And, and I think, um, you know, purposeful or not, it seemed like the sermon was a cure for fear and anxiety. Yeah. Would you say that's what your intention was? Yeah. So when I first read it, um, I decided not to preach 7 through verse 21, okay. which I thought was one whole unit. Mm-hmm. Right. I thought John is making the same point. There's the yeah. connection God is love, abiding in both sections. I didn't because of fear, right? Okay. And so you got to be very careful as a preacher um, and as a pastor not to teach um, what the text doesn't say, right? Okay. The main point of the text is you don't have to fear mm-hmm. judgment and eternal condemnation. Okay. That's the main point, right? And I think pastorally, I wanted to take that idea of not fearing and mm-hmm. extend it beyond just not fearing death. But we should not fear anything in this life, right? So we don't want to live as fearful people. Okay. 
So could you say, so your points were abiding in the spirit, abiding in the sun, abiding in security, abiding in sincere love. Would you say it's no, no knowing and abiding for all this? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I, um, when I wrote the, um, I added no, um, while I was writing the sermon, mm-hmm. right? My initial was just abiding. I added no, because that's I think John's main point. You know, God, mm-hmm. right? You've been born of him. You've been, you know, regenerated and then you remain with him. Okay. So I kind of added that while and the certain thing was already printed. Now, I guess, I mean, this is kind of going, cause I feel like the points while different are all really tightly tied into one yeah. another. So maybe this kind of covers kind of the whole entire sermon. But what would you say in John's day was the fear that they he was trying to talk, you know tell them about? Well, I think that there is an element here of do they have the real thing? Are they right? You know, you have people who are part of the body of Christ who have left, and they are saying, "Well, Jesus didn't come in the flesh," right? Meaning that you have had this secret knowledge. Mm-hmm. So John is saying, "Well, they're wrong. They've right. left the body and they've left the truth. We've touched Jesus. We have felt him. We have seen him. We proclaim he is eternal life." Right. So if you have him in a relationship with him, you have eternal life. Right. So I think that John was trying to affirm them in the truth that yeah. they have been born again because they're walking in righteousness, they're loving one another, mm-hmm. and they're testifying that Jesus is the Son of God. So those are the kind of the three main elements that right. they belong to Christ. How important would you say it is then for people to have that confidence and assurance of you're saved? And I guess on the other side, like, the harm it can be of like not knowing or yeah. So I think that you should have confidence that you're, that you're saved. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that you, you should have confidence in the wrong way. I mean, some people have confidence when they shouldn't. Right. right? I've already kind of addressed that throughout this sermon series. Um, you know, we want to have confidence that we're saved so that we can know that we're ch- children of God. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a knowing we can believe that. Um, so, but there's times when we have to test to see whether we're, we're in the faith mm-hmm. and that one of the greatest tests in force in second Corinthians 13 is repentance, right? So will you be someone who is continually repenting, mm-hmm. right? So if you aren't repenting, you're not probably of the Lord, right? right? Or you may not have, you may not, shouldn't have confidence that you're of the Lord. Right. Um, you know, I think this, um, yeah, I just, I just lost it. What I was going to say, but, uh, <laughs> that <you> know, happens. <laughs> it happens. Um, but I, I do think that you know we want to test and see whether in the faith, you know, are we continuing repenting? I said that in the sermon. That's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not a following Christ, confessing Christ is not a one-time decision, mm-hmm. but it's it's a life of decisions, choosing Jesus over over yourself and over the world. Yeah. And then, so your first point was binding the Spirit. Your second point, binding the Son. What do you feel like your main emphasis for the spirit, the main emphasis for the sun was? Is there a kind of, what would you, how would you distinguish those two? Well, I think that they're really, really closely connected, right? right? So obviously it says we have been given his spirit, mm-hmm. right? So I, I, and there I really wanted to draw out adoption, right? Mm-hmm. So you have been given the spirit of adoption. So the part of this is I'm thinking through fear, right? right. Fears are kind of in my head throughout the entire sermon. So we see that you've been given the spirit of adoption, not to fall back into fear, mm-hmm. right? Not, we don't have we got, not been given a spirit of fear. We see that in, in Paul's writing in uh, Romans eight. Same thing in in, in First Timothy one, right? We have not been given a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. the spirit of love, power, and sound mind. Hebrews two was kind of in my head the whole entire sermon, mm-hmm. right? That I didn't like even draw out. You know, it says that Jesus Christ partook of the flesh, mm-hmm. right, to destroy the works of the devil and to. Um, Destroy the what? What is the exact exact phrasing of it? Um, Let's look. Through the fear of death, um, we're slaves to the fear of death, um, and deliver all those 
through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Yeah. So there's the, there's this deliverance of, you know, your deliverance from fear, right? Mm -hmm. um, because you don't you're not afraid to die anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think that, that that was in my head the whole whole entire time. So I think that when you think about the spirit, I'm trying to emphasize the spirit of adoption. And how do we know that we're, we have been adopted by the Spirit is because we confess that Jesus is the Son, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's a great opportunity to just talk about the gospel. What does it mean to confess mm -hmm. that Jesus is the Son? Now, again, you're preaching through an entire book. Mm -hmm. I've talked about confessing Jesus Christ is the Son, right. that he's our propitiation. Didn't spend a lot of time on it in the sermon. Right. Just kind of a brief note right. there. So, obviously, so abiding the Son is, you know, you're more referring to that gospel, believing in Jesus yeah. and staying with him. Abiding the Spirit, you're more saying like there's fruits, evidence of the Spirit in your life that gives us assurance. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, I really appreciate in that second point, you let everyone know that I hate Christmas music. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Got a lot of dirty looks. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, I, I noticed um, during the first sermon and again in the second sermon how amazing. Hark the Herald Angels thing so good. You know, Let people you know. know. You know? <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I was just amazed at just the beautiful, beautiful power of the lyrics. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's probably, I noticed even more so in second service. Mm -hmm. That's probably why I mentioned it. It wasn't yeah. not in the notes. Any, maybe things you want to draw up for the first two points before we move on? Oh, uh, no, that's good. So third point, uh, abiding in security. Um, and that's kind of where you, I feel like it was kind of made the main crux of the whole sermon. Like, sure. If he saved you from uh, his wrath, you know, what else do we have to fear? Will he not also save us from finances or family or whatever? Sure. Anything you like to draw out there that maybe you didn't get a chance? Or? Uh, yeah. So I, I would say, you know, obviously when you're teaching the text, right, you have to teach what the text says. The text is talking about fear of judgment, right? So mm -hmm. we don't have the, any fear of judgment, right? So I think that's, that should be our greatest fear. What, what's going to happen when we die, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, um, which is a complete side note. Uh, I made the illustration of, um, you know, uh, how from a foundation as the opening and closing right. illustration. Um, Andrew Jackson was about to die, right? And he was afraid of death. Mm. And he was not really walking one who really was known for his Christian faith what? in his life. <laughs> um, but his wife was. And his wife died before him. And he, all he remembered was the opening of that hymn. And he mm. asked people in the, air, in the community to come and sing that for him mm. uh, to give him assurance in death, you know? Mm. Um, I'm not saying Andrew Jackson was saved, but what I'm cool saying is that we, we want to make sure that because Jesus Christ has our greatest fear is our wrath, God's wrath, mm -hmm. God's freedom from it, right? I think that's, what, that's why I quoted Romans 8, 31 through and following. Like, listen, who is, who is there to condemn you? Mm -hmm. Christ died. Yeah. More than that, Christ was raised. Who can bring a charge against you? Like, the only person who could bring a charge against you has already said you're forgiven and right. you're justified in Christ. So does it really matter if you, you know, other things? Mm -hmm. I really was trying to get out, like, listen, fears are going to come. Mm -hmm. And I think when you are afraid, whether that's losing a job or not finding a spouse, mm -hmm. what, you're, what you're really being tempted to do is you're tempted to doubt God's love for you. Mm -hmm. God has already shown you that he loves you by sending Jesus to die and to pay for your sins yeah. and to be raised for your justification. If he's done that... He, he loves you even more to care for you through the different things that's going on in your life. You know, so just trust him. Just trust him, trust that's him, good. trust him. So I think I would just add that um, those people who are fearful just have a fearful disposition, mm -hmm. right? That's just something you're going to struggle with. 
you can be cautious yeah. in our day and not be fearful. Right. Uh, but I don't think if you live in a fearful stance that that really communicates that you have trust in God. Right. So that's what I was trying to draw out. Okay. Um, I had a question because that's what I'm supposed to be doing, asking questions. Uh, it was, come on, I think. Oh, it was more preemptive measures kind of, right? Because I think somewhat you were kind of primarily because the text addressing fear, anxiety comes, right? It's the same one that took away our fear of judgment from God. The same one, the same answer to our other is no and abide in God. Yeah. Uh, is there any like preemptive measures though to help? You know, prepare yourself for those times come that you can. Well, think? yeah, I think the more you feed and you rejoice in God's love for you, and like, okay, God, God loves me so much that He's never, He's not going to leave me, He's not going to mm-hmm. abandon me, He's always going to be there for me. Well, God's with me when I get the cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. God is with me when I get the, the pink slip. Mm-hmm. I mean, God is with me, and God wants to work in my life for His good purposes, mm-hmm. and He loves me, and He's never going to let anything happen to me that He does that does not is not part of the purpose of His will for my life mm-hmm. and for the lives of those around me. Listen, I don't want cancer. Right. I don't want anyone in my family to get cancer. But if God allows that to happen, there is there's purpose in that. Right. And I can trust God's love for me mm-hmm. in that. So I think that, and God has already shown us love by the gospel. Right. So I was trying to like, so if you want to, if you are fearful, more maybe kind of prone to fear and anxiety, I think I would challenge you to to spend more time meditating and rejoicing in God's love for you. Because at, at its core, you think bad things are going to happen to you, and you are afraid of those bad things happening. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, you're, twist, you're, you're, you're doubting, does God love me, and is God in control? Mm-hmm. And is God good? You just can't do that, right? right. I mean, those things are going to come. But no. Right. God is good if I get a clean bill of health yeah. or a bad one. Hmm. That's good. So we're not prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the fear of the modern day church is that we want to say God is good mm-hmm. only when what? When good things happen. Yeah. But God is good even in, even in tragedy. Yeah. I think that's where I find my imagination really helps me. Like imagining the diagnosis does come or imagining the it, whatever it may be yeah. comes in my quiet times and then letting my scripture and my prayers kind of that kind of fuel like no like I, I don't want to be anxious when that comes i want to prepare myself now for later on especially yeah but, but, if, you're, if you're prone to that if you're prone to it what's the worst possible situation that can happen here mm-hmm. the worst possible situation that i die yep well if the worst possible situation is that i die i'm with god in heaven mm. yeah that's not bad it's not bad at all so i think that like you know, we can play it out. We can talk about all the bad things that are going to happen. I'm not saying like you know, bad things are, don't happen to Christians. Mm-hmm. They do. But God is working in the midst of them. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I, And I guess that when I see looking out in the world today, when the world looks at Christians, you know, I kind of made this point last week, this, like, this missional impulse is that when we love one another, mm-hmm. it actually shows the world that God is real. You know, um, I, I think that this, the same thing can be said um, uh, to... Uh, that's, that's sorry about that. Everyone who's listening, uh, God bless Alexis. Um, <laughs> what, what, what I'm saying is I think that when you are a person who is not afraid when you get a diagnosis or you're not afraid of losing your job and there is a quiet contentedness mm-hmm. in no matter what happens, 
I think that communicates that God is real. Mm-hmm. And I think that when people are living in fear of whether getting a virus or losing a job, mm-hmm. I think that does not communicate a contented trust in the sovereign mm-hmm. God. And I think it obscures uh, that God is real mm-hmm. to the world, right? So I do think there's missional implications how we live mm-hmm. and handle fear. Do you think that's kind of maybe the last point about and sincere love, our love kind of shows, or like we've been loved and therefore we show love and that love shows that we're not afraid. Yeah. I mean, I, I, th- I think, I'm not sure if it doesn't show that we're not afraid. Maybe so. Okay. I think what I was trying to drive is that when you are afraid that you don't um, have salvation, mm-hmm. look at your life. Are you loving one another? Mm-hmm. If you're loving one another, well then you should have confidence that you belong to God. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the essence because he loved us first. Yeah. Right. We can love others. And if we love others, we should have confidence that we're safe on the day of judgment. Right. Right. Because you're trying to deal with lots of different people in the church. Some have weak, tender consciences, mm-hmm. and they feel like, I, I don't know if I'm saved. Right. Could be because of bad teaching growing up. Could be just because of how God, how, how, how they're wired. Right. right? Well, if you th- you're questioning whether or not you belong to God, well, John says, listen, you can know that you have eternal life. Do you mm-hmm. love one another? Well, yes. Well, then have confidence. Mm-hmm. You're, you're fine. You're safe. Right. right. Um, and others, hey, you're not loving one another. Are, do, you, are you, do you really know God? Right. You know, so, and I think there, there's always missional implications because God's a missional God. Everything that we do as a church reflects God's glory to the world. Right. I, I get that. But I think the main thrust of this passage anyway was to the church. You can have confidence on the day of judgment mm-hmm. looking at how you love one another in your life. Yeah. Not, per, you don't love people perfectly, but you have, are you growing and actively pursuing love for the body? Right. Then you should be confident. Um, is that, would you say that's kind of our prime mo- motivations for doing things like caroling right it's that you know we feel in us the love of god and therefore we're like we just want to go and love other people let's go carol let's go sing let's go you know pray for senior saints yeah i sure hope so i mean and listen i mean it was really eye-opening uh for those who came and saying yesterday because there were some in our body who really are feeling the isolation and feeling the loneliness during i mean i prayed for it on sunday morning this mm-hmm. loneliness that people are feeling during their season like COVID has really made people ex- exceptionally mm-hmm. lonely. Yeah. My goodness. Like, and to see the overwhelming joy of physical presence, mm-hmm. even outside for ten minutes, singing singing hymns and a prayer. Right. My goodness, that really shaped. Like, we should do more of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think those who weren't there weren't able to see the encouragement that was brought. Yeah, it was a lot. I mean, a few tears. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean. And even for me, seeing some senior saints that that I love dearly, just seeing them in poor health, mm-hmm. um, and it really, it really, really affected me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so all that to say, God has caused us to be born again. He has loved us first. He He has shown us His love by being the propitiation for our sins. Because of that, we must love one another. Mm-hmm. So I just think about how I don't know the implications of what happened last night mm-hmm. of us going to sing the senior saints and showing that, that love. I think some of them felt encouragement and love. I think some families got a picture of the encouragement and love of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. I think our members left encouraged, mm-hmm. right, that they are walking in the truth. That's a win. That's a win. Yeah. You, you mentioned something earlier. You said there's a, you feel like a missional tie to this. Do you feel like fear impacts missions and love impacts missions? And oh, like, absolutely. Okay. Maybe draw that out for us. So I think that um, fear, there's a lot of people who are afraid of losing their own comfort, hmm. losing their own reputation with coworkers, 
And because of that, you don't share the gospel. And because of that, you don't go to the mission field, mm -hmm. right? Because you're afraid, right? Let's just call it what it is. You're afraid either the fear of man or you're afraid of losing your own comforts. Right. So fear. Listen, if, if God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you, mm -hmm. do you think he's going to care for you while you're on the mission field away from your family? Sure. Yeah. Does that mean it's going to be perfectly suns it's rainbows and, you know, Christmas tree cakes, right? You know, oh, Christmas tree cakes. Uh, no, it's not. It's, it's going to be tough, but God will be there with you, right? So I do, I do think fear is does largely impact the church's mission. We are afraid to go to, across the street and knock on our neighbor's door and say, "Would you like to come to church with me? Are you a Christian?" We are afraid to do that because what will they think of me? Hmm. So who is our God? Is our God the Lord Jesus Christ who said is who died for us and was raised for us right. or is our God, our own comfort and our own reputation and our own, our God's ourself in many ways. So right. yeah, fear has a lot of implications there. And I think love does too, right? So listen, if you love one another, right, you love people so much that you are yeah. willing to tell them the truth. You love people that you're willing to sacrifice your time. You want to stop watching TV and, and care for others, write notes of encouragement. Right. I mean, even watch TV at night with your family. And, hey, we're going to all write notes of encouragement to our senior saints because mm -hmm. I know they feel isolated and discouraged, right? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I'm thinking to myself as a pastor here, how am I fostering that? Mm -hmm. How am I leading the church to love one another well? Mm -hmm. And this is just a real, a real big concern, right, for those of you who are listening, right? My, one of my biggest concerns and one of my goals for 2021 is that as a church, we would want another well. Hmm. That we would really want another well. And I don't know if we are right now. Hmm. Right? I think we are in some ways, but I think that's going to be continually be under attack because we're, we're more spread out in our services. We don't, we, know, we don't have the same connection we have with individuals. We see each other less. Right. And even we maybe leave a little bit earlier or a little bit later. Um, you know, in, in the service because we don't want to be around people because there's a, there's a, a kind of a tension in the air. Right. And therefore, we don't know what people are struggling with and know what, what's going on in people's lives. Therefore, we don't, we're not in, like leaning into them, you know? And I think that's kind of across the board, right? So where we used to be back in January and February, we, we leaned in hard with one another. We knew what was going on. And I think as elders, we need to do a better job as deacons and as members. We all need to do a better job leaning into one another mm. and help them when, when they're struggling. Because yeah. all of us are going to go through seasons of struggle. I went through a season of struggle this past year where I didn't feel like I wanted to be around anybody. Like I was just challenged in my own yeah. heart. Like you know, we all have those those moments. We just have to push through it for the sake of Christ. Amen. That's good. I think that's a good uh, place to close. Great. Right, wrap it up, bud. Let's pray. Uh, God, we thank you for this time, Lord. We get to reflect on your word, Lord. And we just thank you for this time where... Um, we are challenged not just just to be hearers of your word, but to be doers as well. We thank you, Father, for the incarnate word, Jesus Christ, who came and died on the cross for our sins and rose again, Lord, offering us uh, salvation, offering us forgiveness, reconciliation, Lord, but also offering us a mission and a purpose, Lord, while we're still here uh, to go to make disciples of all nations, Lord, and to encourage one another as the day is drawing near. So, Lord, help us to draw into one another to invest in each other's lives lord but also help us to be bold and to reach out to the lost around us um, ultimately all for our good and for your glory we pray us in jesus name amen amen